Welcome to Compass with Hela E. Michelia. Finding direction for your life. Morning and greetings of grace. I want to welcome you to Compass. You need a compass to find direction for your life. When you find yourself in the desert or the forest or the wilderness of destiny, it's a compass that leads you to where you are going to. And I want to welcome you this morning. This morning I'm speaking on the topic, the wisdom of walking with men. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 says, Two people are better than one because together they have a good reward for their hard work. If one falls, the other can help his friend get up. But how tragic it is for the one who is all alone when he falls. There is none to help him get up. Again, if two people lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one person keep warm? Though one person may be overpowered by another, two people can resist one upon it. A triple braided rope is not easily broken. Father, we thank you as this word comes into our heart today. Let it find place and let it give us direction to the place where you are taking us to in the name of Jesus. In Genesis, there's a very popular scripture that we quote all the time where it says, it is not good for a man to be alone. And often when we quote that scripture, we are relating it to the male person. And that is that the man, the, 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 that, that man who needs a woman, who needs a wife in his life. But I believe that that scripture has a wider scope of application than just that a person needs to marry. I think that Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 expounds to a greater level the power within that scripture. It says that two people are better than one because together they have a good reward for their labor or for their hard work. That means when two people come together to work towards a goal, they have a higher tendency to exceed their own personal dreams and do something greater and better. The Bible says if Perhaps one person falls and he is alone. There's nobody who will lift him up. But if there's another person around him, the Bible says he will lift him up. The Bible says that though one person may be overpowered by another opponent, the Bible says two can resist a single opponent. In this series of teaching, I want to talk to you about the wisdom of working with other people. The wisdom in living your life in agreement, in company of other people. An African proverb says, if you want to move fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, walk with people. I believe with the whole of my heart that one of the major reasons why people do not succeed as much as they can succeed in life, whether it is in business, whether it is in marriage, whether it is in ministry or any facet of life, I believe one of the major reasons why people do not succeed as much as they can is their level of sophistication or capacity to work well with other people. People who don't know how to work well with others have a tendency not to become all that they can be. If you are going to become who God wants you to be, you must have the capacity to make alliances. You must have the capacity to enter into cooperations. You must have the capacity to create interrelationships with people that will move the destiny of God for you and for the people who you are connected to into the things that God has for you. There are two types of important relationships in life. There's a vertical relationship, which is your relationship between you and God. And there are horizontal relationships, which are relationships between people and others people. Now, I believe that to have a great life when you have left this earth, you need to have a great vertical relationship with God. It is very important. 
I also believe that to maximize your purpose, to maximize your time here on earth, you also need to build a great relationship horizontally, that is, with other people. That is, your success in temporal things is predicated upon how you relate with men upon the earth. Your success on earth will be affected by how you relate with people here on earth. Here on earth, people are the number one factor of production. That is that if you're going to go far, if you're going to do great things, if you're going to be able to produce things that will stand the test of time, you need to be able to build a great relationship with people. People are more important than money. People are more important than money. I have discovered in my short life that sometimes when people come into the place of wealth, there's a tendency, you know, to think that your wealth is capable of getting everything for you. And many times we overlook the place of building strategic and critical relationships that will take us into the future that we desire. People are more important than money. People are more important than your personal experience about life. You can be experienced, you can be knowledgeable, you can have capacity, you can know what needs to be done. But that thing which needs to be done has to be done through or by other people. If you do not have the critical relationship that you need with the people that need to do these things in your life and in your destiny, there's a tendency for you to eventually fail in achieving that thing that you want to do. God can use one man to change your destiny. God can use one critical relationship, one good relationship to change your destiny. Uh, in the Bible, we have the story of Boaz. Boaz was the relation of the husband of Ruth. So when Ruth and her mother-in-law returned to Israel, after they had been in Moab and, had, and, 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 and the husband of Ruth had died and the husband of Naomi had died and everyone had died. Now they came back to Bethel. And when they came back to Bethel, Ruth didn't know there was no direction. They had lost family. They've lost property. They've lost everything. And Ruth went out one day to see if she could just beg for food so that her and her mother-in-law could eat and survive. And Ruth went in, as she went to beg, she came into the farm of a man called Boaz. And when she came into the farm of that man called Boaz, she was allowed, you know, to, to, to glean, that is to pick after the reapers. After the reapers have reaped whatever they left behind in the harvest, she was allowed to get from them. And when she got back home, her mother-in-law said to her, where did you go to glean today? And she said, I went to the field of a man called Boaz. And the Bible says that the mother-in-law said to her, Go back and continue to reap there because Boaz is a kinsman. Now, I want to make a difference here. There was another kinsman of Ruth's husband who was closer to Ruth than Boaz was. So, there are people in your life that may be close enough to you by whatsoever platform, whether it is blood relatives or whatever, that may not be the people who, when the season of your lifting comes or the season of your deliverance comes, may not be the people that God is going to use to bring deliverance. So the man who was closer to Ruth would did not make any effort towards bringing help to them. But this man, Boaz, whom Ruth went to his field to go and glean, the Bible says when he, when he met with Ruth, he gave her the permission and he gave her his blessing to continue. And the Bible says he instructed his reapers to allow her and to leave some for her. You know, just drop some things so that when she comes in, she can have access to some, to, 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 you know. And then the story goes and then the mother-in-law teaches Ruth 
how to relate with Boaz, what to do in dealing with Boaz so that she can come into the place of favor. And I want to say this. People say that favor is not fair. That is true. But I've also learned in, in, in the short time I've been around, I have learned also that often the attitude of people, how you relate with people, determine whether they favor you or they do not favor you. You cannot maltreat or mistreat people and expect them to have favor towards you. So Naomi teaches Ruth how to relate with Boaz so that she can come into the place of favor. And the Bible tells us that Ruth honors her mother-in-law and comes into the place where she honors her relationship with Boaz. And the Bible says to cut the whole story short, she ends up being the wife of Boaz. They happen to give birth to Obed, who gives birth to Jesse, who gave birth to David, the king of Israel. So what am I saying? I'm saying that if you are going to get into the destiny that God has for you, God is going to place men along your way. And how you deal and treat with the men that are along the, the path that God has planted for your life will determine how much you will enter into your destiny. We have the story of Abraham. God made a promise to Abraham and said, I'm going to give you a son. It's going to come from your loins. Abraham was 75 when God made that promise. At the age of 100, one day, Abraham was sitting in the front of his house and there came some people traveling. And as they were traveling, passing in front of his house, the Bible says Abraham goes to them and entreats them, begs them, tell them, come into my house. You look tired. Come, have something to eat, have something to drink, you know, and then you can continue on your journey. And those people came and then he treated them to a feast. The Bible says he went in and killed a calf. How do you kill a whole cow? Because of two people. But he had this, he in, inherent in Abraham was the capacity. If you read the story of Abraham throughout his life, he had the capacity of how to treat people well, of how to relate with people well. So here comes Abraham, welcomes these people. And as the people stand up to go, it is then revealed to Abraham that these men were not just mere human beings, but they were angels. And the Bible says, they said to him, where is your wife? And he said, she is in Sunday. They call her and she comes. And they said to them, by this time next year, by the time of life, that is, the time of life is nine months. He said, by the time of life, he said, your wife will have a son. Now, listen, Abraham had walked with God for 25 years, trusting God for a child, but it took the capacity of Abraham to relate well, to treat other people well, to deliver the testimony, the blessing, the miracle into his hand. Men are the sign that you have entered into a new season in your life. When God wants to do something in your life, he brings men into your life who are a sign that you have entered into a new season. Scripture says to us, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken over, so shall men bring into your bosom. That means that whenever God wants to bring a, a miracle, God wants to cause a breakthrough in your life, God will use men to do it. My question for you is that the way you handle people, the way you treat people, if God was going to use these same people to bring a miracle in your life, will those people be willing vessels in the hands of God to do that? Because people can forget what you say to them. People can forget what you do to them. But people will never forget how you treat them. God bless you. I will see you again in the next broadcast. And I believe that you have been blessed this morning. God bless you. 
Join Helen E. Michelia at Gateway Christian Center every Thursday by 5 p.m. and Sundays by 9 a.m. for a time of word, worship, and encounter with the Holy Spirit. Gateway Christian Center, experience life.